May I just say straight away, as I have just said, that Sabine and I are delighted that you have all been able to join us here in Oris and for St. Patrick's Day as we celebrate our national day, the feast of our patron St. Patrick. And I can think of no other group that I would at this, in the present circumstances we are in in Ireland, to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day with than yourselves who are doing so much for those who need it so badly uh, in our contemporary conditions. As I have read in the Irish language, these people who are struggling at the lower ends of our society through no fault of their own. St. Patrick's Day is an important occasion for Irish people at home and abroad. It's a time when our extended Irish family join together to celebrate our shared Irish culture and heritage and to reflect on the life of St. Patrick, who, after all, was a migrant, our patron saint whose life embodies for us the values of solidarity, friendship, forgiveness and concern for his fellow citizens. We often have had discussion during the last couple of years about where the use of the word migrant is used. In 1901, just a short couple of decades after our famine, more people who had been born on the island of Ireland were living outside Ireland. We have always been a migrant people. The planet has always had migrants who were moving from one circumstance to another. It is one of the greatest myths that has caused so much trouble, the suggestion that people are inherently sedentary, that is, that they stay in the one spot. People have been moving, and some people have been moving voluntarily, and other people involuntarily in present circumstances due to conditions of oppression, dispossession, climate change, as all of our young children are now so concerned about, and so many other reasons. But here in the Oris, it's a day in recent years, St. Patrick's Day, when Sabine and I have used the opportunity of being here in the Oris um, to make, to acknowledge groups of citizens who have made or who are making a special contribution to Irish life. So today we're delighted to welcome so many of you who have been working tirelessly, with great generosity uh, and and consistency of spirit to create a better and a fairer inclusive society for that most marginalised group of our society who are those who are homeless. All of you are here today because of your great spirit of solidarity in human terms, your genuine desire, your practice of holding out a hand of friendship and support to those who are experiencing homelessness. Last year I was asked to speak about the concept of home. And it is a complex concept, but you'll find that speech up on my website, where I say it can mean just so much more even than the absence of shelter. It's a place where a person can feel secure, free from fear, where a person can draw 
um, their experiences and think about the future. And your example is putting into practice a shared humanity, offering the possibility of shared humanity to those who are sleeping rough in our streets, are raising families in single hotel rooms, or those who are moving their possessions from hostel to hostel, are totally dependent on the kindness of friends for shelter. You truly embody the spirit of real community and inclusion that must lie at the heart of any truly democratic society or indeed any real republic of citizens. Indeed, often at this my age, I often have inherited for so long, more than half a century, when I hear the word community, I say every time a person uses it, you're tested to say what you mean by it and how inclusive is your usage of it. Four years ago, here in Oris and Uktron, Sabine and I held a similar reception, seeking to gather together citizens who walk with the commitment that I have just mentioned, those who are working to alleviate the hardship for those in this country who live day by day with no permanent home to call their own. At that time, I spoke of how an estimated 5,000 of our citizens were homeless at any given time in Ireland, including those in an inappropriate temporary accommodation. And what we mean by temporary, it is when the child says in many cases, where are we going next? And not being able to answer. Those in emergency accommodation and those who were surviving then with minimal or no shelter. And today, five years later, I acknowledge real, despite real genuine and well-meant efforts, and despite the fact that economic conditions are better more generally for the overall economy, the figures around homelessness remain challenging constitute a call for further and more radical policies. And there can be no doubt either that the figures speak of a widening inequality in a country that considers itself to be not only a modern but an increasingly just place. And today is the day where, and I wish them well, people are enjoying themselves, but they might be inclined to look and say, aren't we great? But really, are we? We are proud that we live in a country that has, in recent times, shown the world its willingness to embrace more progressive policies in relation to life itself. Yet in such a basic area as the right to security in a home, we are far short of what real republicanism would mean. There can, however, be no place in a true democracy for such an extreme individualist credo that views housing merely as a commodity for trade within the marketplace. Think of all those supplements celebrating when a house goes over a million in value, as if it was a success for somebody, a financial transaction for those who can afford it. And respect, regrettably, and despite the bitter lessons learned during the years of the Celtic Tiger, it is a credo and a set of statements that continues to gain traction. You know, Yet we have seen the terrible consequences of placing profit-making and speculation ahead of the human need for shelter and a home, of the distressing outcomes that occur when housing is treated merely as a marketplace commodity and not a social right. We have witnessed and continue to witness the terrible deprivation of inclusivity that is visited on vulnerable citizens when policies are not rooted in an ethical concern for the well-being, dignity and fundamental rights of the citizens whose needs surely should be placed at the very heart of those policies. 
policies that should be dealing with the basic necessities that a real republic requires. And any economic recovery, therefore, <clears throat> cannot be called a revival of anything if it is simply a revival of an unrestrained competition within a marketplace that has been simply extended beyond economic goods into areas of social vulnerability. None of us are arguing an extreme position against the marketplace, but I think it's time as President of Ireland that I repeat it again and again. There are areas, such as the need for shelter and housing, in which the market should not be the determining factor. It is in an appropriate space for meeting the necessities in relation to housing. And we will come to debating, I'm very shortly issuing a reply to President Macron, in which I will speak upon what is meant by market social economy in Europe itself, where the streets are filling with people who are homeless, while at the same time people speak about a union. A union? How can it be a union if so many are abandoned at the extreme? And in this society ourselves, which so many people would like to aspire to being an inclusive one, one in which we are truly prepared to reflect on the ethical questions that are presented to us as we view and review the inequalities that pervade sections of our society, inequalities which are forcing more and more of our citizens into the darkest shadow of that society. And that is, that is of course, I'm speaking of the frightening world of homelessness. Can we genuinely say that there is clear support for such an equality as would make possession of the basics of life itself as a matter of rights? Is there widespread evidence that equality is a major popular demand in the version of Ireland which has grown and renewed itself following the collapse of recent years? Would it be wrong to say that at home and in the European Union we have perhaps become mute in the face of extending and deepening inequality, concentrations of ownership, increased acquisitiveness in relation to wealth, rising poverty in relation to the need for housing, and housing itself being regarded as part of the in, one of the indicators of the in, in accumulation of wealth. Is the progressiveness that we have proudly presented to the world in recent times perhaps a mask that enables us to gloss over that most fundamental inequity that is homelessness? Is it the case that some, including some in positions of authority and influence, seem prepared to allow the myth to grow and deepen that there is something natural or inevitable about our housing situation? Like, for example, the enormity of the remark, you will always have homeless people, as if just justifies the people who are in distress today. Such a myth is not only false, misleading, it is destructive of social cohesion, and it contradicts our version of ourselves as a republic, and I equally suggest as a democracy that values cohesion. There can be absolutely no doubt that it must be one of the critical responsibilities, after all, of a democracy's commitment to participation that it addressed the issue of homelessness and to seek sustainable and innovative solutions as a matter of urgency, solutions which will ensure that no citizen is denied that most fundamental need, a place they can call home. 
It is past time that we returned to consideration of the appropriate role of the state in these matters. The role of the state is crucial. It is not a realm that should be left to the market. And the role of the state is that to which the public, should they wish, can make their views known. And as President of Ireland, I've had the great privilege of meeting so many of those within our society who have been working, are working and will work so generously, I'm so pleased to say it, and tirelessly to help those trapped within that dark shadow of homelessness and enable them to look to some security in the short term and in the medium term to a long-term or better future. I have said none of what I have said so far as to say that is the medium of the long term and that there aren't issues that will arise and that you will be helping with this evening and tomorrow evening. I'm simply saying you are, as Leonard Cohn might put it, ringing the bells that still can ring because we can't abandon the people of tonight's need and tomorrow's need and this week's need while we in fact achieve the medium and long term solution. But they are not contradictory of each other. It has to be dealt with in this way. And it is such a great pleasure for Sabine and I to welcome you here to the People's House, Oros and Uktron, and to have this opportunity to express my thanks to you for all you do to transform the lives of our fellow citizens who are facing homelessness in all its different forms and for so many different reasons. You, from those conversations that you've had, no more than anyone, know the human stories that lie behind, behind the stark figures and statistics. The difficult journeys undertaken, the individual stories of addiction, violence, neglect, abandonment, bereavement, abuse, failure of institutional care, and so many other failures by society that have resulted in vulnerable citizens experiencing a life devoid of all that many of us take for granted. The intimacy of familiar surroundings, of predictable friendships, of a sense of belonging, of being able to think of oneself as a voice in society, having a right to participate, have an address, safe and secure shelter for themselves and their children. And I often think of those children. Very particularly, I've been reading new workers coming out in sociology, and yet the story says the same. Think of two children, I remember the French writer Saint-Exupéry writing about it. Two babies born on the same day, in this city, different parts of the city. And one child, one child saying, their parents were speaking to them very early on about fear, of all the things you must avoid, and the things that you mustn't end up in the courts. And in another part of the city, they will be saying, think of the courts, that's where your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather made a fortune. And that is where, in fact, you might one day hope to be a judge and so forth. We cannot really go on with contradictions in which we say is that every child must have the child of being able to say, you have to go out and take that part of the world into you. There is not your turn to take fear into you. And then another child would say, it is to be a world which is to be full of opportunities. There are the basics in which we must be able to give a level, a level playing field uh, to our children. But I, you know this so much more than me, and you also know that when people speak about people who are homeless and if they bother to talk to them, it can be only simple 
a run of three or four mistakes, three or four things that went wrong for you until you came to the point that you said, I'm not able to handle it anymore. And then that you crossed the line and so forth. And you have to bring, we have to bring people back over the line. And I say it as a sociologist, it's very often, if one wanted to do it in the most idealistic way, you would have one-to-one conversations with all of the people to be able to recover the journey back again. You're witnesses, and it is so important to lives that can be turned around, because you are, in your conversations and in giving witness, you're also those who are, if you like, showing how hope can be harvested. Bringing promise and possibility into the lives of those citizens, so many of them frightened or vulnerable, and facing the future with a sense of dread and despair. When one hears something said, I prefer to be out here where it is safe. Not safe even where there is shelter often. Not even safe when people have gathered their positions around them, thinking of losing that very last few things that they have. And time and time again, as I visit and meet with the many organisations and volunteers in the homeless centre, I am moved and impressed. And I am made grateful as President of Ireland. And I thank you as President of Ireland, most humbly, for your commitment, dedication and great compassion as you continue to give of your time, your skills and exercise in reality, putting to reality the human spirit of generosity, enabling those who are homeless to shape and craft a future of hope and expectation, a future where they can plan, aspire and contribute to society from the shelter of a place that they can now call home. And transitions to that are so important. On this St. Patrick's Day, when we celebrate the life of St. Patrick, a life defined by compassion, integrity and great forgiveness too, and concern for his fellow men, a life that was full of changes, we also celebrate and offer to the world those aspects of our values that make us uniquely Irish. How great it would be to be able to go out of Ireland and say, this is what they do in Ireland, that they do what you do, in including others. In doing so, then, I say, Marutron Heron, let us resolve to build together that Ireland of which I've been speaking, a fairer Ireland, an Ireland that treasures all of its people equally in terms of even their capacities and understands that a nation that has truly progressed is one that encompasses all of its people regarding the full participation of all citizens as a fundamental right. In order to conclude, may I thank you all again for coming here today and wish you the very, very happiest St. Patrick's Day. Thank you for the happiness you have brought to St. Patrick's Day for so many. And I would like to thank all those who have made today such a special experience. I want to thank all of my own staff and all of those who have assisted in every way. And of course, shortly we will hear the wonderful Mulcahy family, who will enable us to continue to regard this as such a celebratory occasion. <clears throat> it is not a downbeat occasion. In fact, actually, being able to make it a celebratory occasion, we have something very valuable in this room this afternoon. So let us regard it as a departure point into further achievements in all of the values that I mentioned in making Ireland 
an island to be proud of. I want to thank the first aiders here and all the staff. Milavuikas Asustriak is going to rock as Bamakt, Ori, Eru Robert, Augustan, Aum, Matola, Trachton, Tauki. I wish God's blessings and health and happiness to you and yours, not just for today, St. Patrick's Day, but for all the days that you continue to work and long, long into the future. Milavuikas, thanks. Thank you.